This is week number five and the final week of our sermon series called Watch Your Mouth. We've been uh, trying to think together through um, the importance of the words we speak and how important it is that we um, control what comes out of our mouths. Um, Words have so much power for good or bad. They can make you or break you. And so we've been um, trying to get a handle on all that. So far in this series, I've challenged you to be positive to tell the truth at all times, to mind your own business and avoid gossip, and last week uh, to agree to disagree so we can avoid quarrels. Today, my challenge to you is to control yourself. I heard a story about an elderly preacher who confessed to his congregation that he was feeling a little lonely, and so one of the church members came up to him and said, well, why don't you get a pet? And he thought, well, that might be a good idea. So he went down to the pet store, and he came home with a talking parrot. And so as soon as he walked into the house, the parrot started cussing. I mean, one bad word after another, the worst words you can imagine. The preacher was horrified, so he said to the parrot, look, you can't do this. You can't talk like this. The parrot just kept right on cussing. Terrible words, the most awful words you've ever heard. The preacher was just out of his mind with with fear. He slapped the bird across the mouth and and said, listen, this is a preacher's home. You cannot talk like that in here. The the bird just kept right on cussing. Preacher didn't know what to do. Finally, in a panic, he grabs the bird by the neck, opens the freezer, throws the bird in the freezer, and shuts the door. And then he waits, and he waits. And he waits, and he waits. And finally, he opens the freezer door, and he pulls the parrot out, and the parrot's shivering, freezing to death, said, okay, 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 I get it, I get it, I won't cuss anymore. Just please, don't put me back in the freezer. But I do have one question. The parrot says, what did that chicken in there do to make you so mad? (laughs) Profanity is everywhere these days. It's in our schools, in our movies, in our music, in our television programs. It's all over social media. Even if you don't have a cussing parrot at your house, or even if you don't use bad language yourself, it's going to be really hard for you to keep all uh, uh, profanity out of your home. Um, In order to do that, you'd probably have to get rid of your TV, You'd probably have to never listen to the radio, uh, never go on social media, probably throw your computer out. Um, And for that reason, in this message, I'm not going to talk about the profanity problem in our culture, because it is what it is, and it's never going to change. What I do want to talk to you about is the personal responsibility each one of us have as Christians to keep our speech pure. We can't police the world, but we can police ourselves. Galatians 4, 6 says, Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. Now, of all the verses God gave us about our speech, that's probably the only one we really need. If you think about it, gracious and attractive conversation would pretty much cover everything, wouldn't it? 
It would rule out any kind of lying or gossip or profanity, any of the sins of the tongue that we've been talking about in recent weeks. But God didn't just give us one verse. He gave us many. For example, James chapter 3 and verse 10 says, Blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Matthew chapter 12, Jesus gives us this stern warning. He says, I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Matthew chapter 15, again, the words of Jesus. He says, anything you eat passes through the stomach and goes into the sewer. But the words you speak from the heart uh, come from the heart, and that's what defiles you. You see, there were a lot of dietary restrictions attached to the Old Testament law, and people thought for that reason that it's what you ate that defiled you. It's what you put into your mouth that defiled you. But Jesus says, no, 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 it's not what you eat that defiles you. It's what comes out of your mouth. Not what goes in, but what comes out that defiles you. And what I want to suggest to you this morning is that when you use profanity, when you cuss, you are advertising certain things about yourself to the people around you. And I want to work through this little list. And I'll just tell you right now that if you're a person who struggles in this area, if you're a person who uses profanity, if you're a person who cusses, these are going to sting. First of all, when you cuss, you are showing the world how dumb you are. And I know that's a strong statement, and I wouldn't make it if I didn't have research to back it up. In 2012, a survey was done of employers all across the country. It was a comprehensive survey about people they want to hire and don't want to hire. And so this question was asked, would you hire a person who routinely swears? 57% of those employers said they would not. Then a follow-up question was asked. Why would you not want a person who routinely swears to work for you? Let me give you the three most common answers. Number one, because employees who swear make the company look less professional. I think that's true. Number two, because employees who swear tend to be immature and undisciplined. Number three, because employees who swear often prove to be less intelligent. Another survey from a university in Britain revealed how people view individuals who cuss. And the overwhelming response was that people who cuss are viewed as being less intelligent. Here's a quote from one of the researchers, a woman by the name of Melanie DeFrank. She said, speakers using profanity had poorer impression ratings on several variables, including overall impression, intelligence, and trustworthiness. Friends, let's just be honest about something. It takes zero intelligence to cuss. Zero. Now, if you're going to express your strong feelings using uh, words that aren't profane and offensive, then you're going to have to think a little bit about that. And you're going to have to put some thought into what you say. But any idiot can cuss. Secondly, when you cuss, you are showing the world how inconsiderate you are. 
There have been times in my life, I'm sure you would say this too, when you've been in a public place, maybe in a restaurant having dinner, or maybe at a ball game, and somebody near you is using foul language without any regard for the people around them. Um, Like you, I've heard people use filthy language in front of children and not show any sense of embarrassment or regret. I've heard coaches cuss at young, impressionable athletes. I've heard professional athletes on television, some of my favorites. I've heard them scream obscenities at an umpire or an official, knowing full well that the game is being televised and that there are field microphones and that their language will be picked up and broadcast over the television and that there are children at home who idolize them listening to those words. Think about how inconsiderate a person has to be to do something like that. You know, even our secular world, which is as godless as you can get, even our secular world understands that some language is inappropriate for children. That's why we have ratings on uh, uh, TV shows and movies and video games. But there are people who are so inconsiderate, they don't care. They just cuss. And they don't care who hears them. Another thing that happens occasionally is I'll be somewhere maybe shopping and for a big ticket item uh, where I need a salesperson. Maybe I'm buying a car or maybe I'm buying a refrigerator or a television set or something. And so a salesperson will walk up to me and of course they're always super friendly and hey, how you doing? Uh, but so many times they'll start taking the Lord's name in vain. Oh, well, this is a hell of a car. This person doesn't know me. He doesn't know if I'm offended by that language. He he takes my Lord's name in vain, and it never occurs to him that I might be offended by that. And if it does occur to him, and he uses the bad language anyway, then he really is dumb. Because he's probably driving away a customer by being offensive. So when you cuss, you're not just dumb. You're inconsiderate. Here's the worst thing. Thirdly, when you cuss, you are showing the world how irreverent you are. A few weeks ago, I preached a sermon called The Reduction of God. I talked about the various ways we whittle our big, amazing God down to size and rob him of his glory and majesty. Well, one of the ways we do that is by dragging his name into the gutter and mixing it with all kinds of foul words, ugly words that are of the devil. When you, for example, couple God's name with the word damn and use it as an expletive, you are essentially taking a bucket of sewage and dumping it on the Lord God. You are taking His holy name and dragging it into the gutter and taking it in vain and soiling it. About 35 years ago, I had the time of my life coaching a Little League team for six years. In one year, my ace pitcher, his dad... Uh, kind of hung around the team a lot and um, 
uh, always in the dugout and always talking to me. But his dad was a self-proclaimed preacher. And I say self-proclaimed preacher simply because he didn't have a church. I don't really know what he thought made him a preacher, but he told everybody he was a preacher. So, uh, but he hung around the team a lot. His son was our star player. And so I had a lot of conversations with this man. And he told me one day, he said, well, I figured out a way to keep from cussing. And I said, oh, really? How did you do that? And he said, well, instead of uh, coupling God's name with a word like damn, um, I'll just put it together with nice words like bless. And he said, so for example, if I'm working in my shop at home and I hit my thumb with a hammer, instead of saying the other thing, I'll say, oh, God bless. And so I began to hear him doing this at the ball game. If his son would do something, uh, make a mistake on the field or something, he'd kick the dirt and say, oh, God bless. Or if he was yelling at the umpire for a bad call, he would say, God bless it, that was a terrible call. And I'll just tell you right now, I don't think he was accomplishing anything with that. I don't think using the word bless is any better than using the word damn. Now, he thought it was. He had convinced himself that he was doing something noble, something good by replacing uh, damn with blessed. But here's the problem, friends. God's name is not an expletive. I don't care what you couple it with. You can put it with any kind of nice word you want to put it with. If you're using God's name as an expletive, you are misusing it. The Bible says don't take the Lord's name in vain. That means don't cheapen it. Don't use it to vent your anger. Don't use it to express frustration. Don't use it when you're surprised. Don't use it when you're disappointed. And that goes for the name of Jesus Christ too. My Lord God's name and Jesus my Savior's name, they are not expletives. And here's another thing that needs to be said. I'm glad I'm about to retire because I might not have a job after this. (laughs) Too many Christians go around saying, oh my God. Too many Christians go around saying, oh my God, when they're surprised, when they're shocked, when they experience dismay. And this has become so common that we now, of course, have the abbreviation for it on social media. OMG. OMG. Oh my God. You see a crazy video on Facebook, and before you can type out your response, you go, OMG. Or you find out that some undefeated sports team has been defeated, and you want to comment, and you want to go, OMG, I didn't see that coming. Or you find out there's a terrorist attack somewhere in the country and and you're shocked and dismayed and you say, oh my, OMG, this is terrible. There are lots of people, Christian people, people I admire and respect, they can't say anything on social media without typing in OMG. Friends, God's name is not an expletive. It is not a figure of speech. It is not something for you to throw around just because you're surprised or just because you're angry, or just because you're dismayed in some way. In fact, 
this is really what's at the heart of this sin and what makes it so bad. When you are thoughtless and irreverent in the way you use God's name, it shows that you don't have respect for Him. And just in case you think I'm exaggerating and that this sin isn't really all that bad and I'm overblowing it, I want to remind you of Exodus 20 and verse 7. After telling us not to take the Lord's name in vain, it says, the Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse His name. Stop saying, oh my God. Stop saying it. If you have a habit, work on it. Stop saying it. I think God must cringe when he hears his own people misusing his name. Now, before I run out of time, I want to work through a list of a few questions that often come up when this subject comes up. It it wouldn't surprise me if some of you are wondering these things right now, so let me address them. Three questions. Number one, should I watch movies and television shows that have profanity in them as a Christian? I think the easy uh, knee-jerk answer to that question is no, you shouldn't, but I'm not going to say that. And the reason I'm not going to say that is because legalism is a sin too, and I don't want to be guilty of it. If I stand up here and tell you what you can watch and what you can't watch, or what you can read and what you can't read, then it won't be long before I'm telling you what you can eat or can't eat, or where you can go or can't go. And God did not give me that authority. God did not give me that job. That is above my pay grade, let me tell you. And I have to remind myself that in the Gospels, Jesus condemned one group of people more than any other. And it was the Pharisees. And you know what the Pharisees did? They went around telling everybody how to live their lives. They went around telling everybody what they could do and what they couldn't do and what they could say and what they couldn't say and where they could go and where they couldn't go. And Jesus condemned those guys to hell. So I'm not joining that group. I'm not joining that group. But I do have an answer to this question. It's not the easy answer. It's the harder answer. But I think it's the right answer. My answer is simply this. The Bible puts a premium on purity. 2 Timothy 2.21 says, If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Now, if you take that verse seriously, I think it's going to require you to use some discretion uh, when you want to, uh, when you're deciding what you're going to watch or what you're going to read, if you want to keep yourself pure. And I'm not telling you, you can never watch anything more than a G rating. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you need to be thoughtful. You need to be careful. You need to take the Lord's admonition to keep yourself pure seriously. And I believe a lot of Christians are not thoughtful enough in this area. I think a lot of Christians watch things they shouldn't be watching, but that's their choice. It's not for me to tell them what they can watch or what they can't. But if you take 1 Timothy 2.21 seriously and you want to keep yourself pure, then yes, you have to use some discretion. Here's another question. Is thinking it as bad as saying it? The Bible talks a lot about our thoughts. 
uh, it tells us to guard our minds. And the reason it tells us to guard our minds is because everything that comes out of the mouth passes through the mind first. And I've heard people say, maybe blurt out a bad word or something inappropriate, and, and they say, uh, oops, I'm sorry. Oh, I don't know why I said that. I wasn't thinking. Yes, you were. That's exactly why you said it. You were thinking. Because no word can come out of your mouth without passing through your mind first. So yes, thinking it is bad. It may not be quite as bad as saying it, because once you say it, then it's out there and it starts impacting other people. But thinking it is bad. I would just answer that question this way. Don't think it or say it. I mean, if you want to challenge yourself to be a better person, start working on that. Don't think it or say it. Here's one more quick question. Should I ask people I encounter not to curse in my presence? Let's say you're at a movie theater and you're waiting for the show to start and the people sitting right behind you are talking and they're kind of loud and they're using profanity. Or you're at a ball game. This has happened to me a thousand times because I've been to a lot of ball games. Some dude sitting three or four seats down is standing up shouting obscenities at the referee or the umpire. I honestly think you have to uh, just make your own decision on that based on your comfort level and the situation. You know, what kind of venue is it? Do you have a child with you? Um, are you at work? And how would your perceived self-righteousness be uh, received by your coworkers? Uh, for example, at the ball game, the guy sitting three seats down from you, if he's screaming obscenities... If he's six inches taller than me and outweighs me by 75 pounds and is drunk, I'm going to let it slide. I don't, I don't care what he says. I'm not saying anything. However, if you're at work and it's a coworker, someone you are friends with, someone you have a great relationship with, then maybe if you pick the right moment and you choose the right words, maybe you could have that conversation and maybe it would help. Here's what I believe. I believe that when you go out into the world, the secular godless world, there are just certain things you're going to have to accept. It's just the way the world is. Certain things you're going to have to accept. And by the way, the Bible says we sh never says we shouldn't go out into the world. The Bible encourages us to go out into the world and let our lights shine. Um, I take that to mean that if we're going to be in the world but not of the world, then when we're out there at ball games or shopping malls or wherever we might be, if there is cussing going on, it should not be coming from our mouths. God did not call us to be the profanity police. He did call us to be holy. In closing, let me tell you about a young man named McKay Hatch. He's 24 years old now, but when he was 15, he started a no-cussing club at his school. He was disgusted by all the profanity he was hearing from his classmates, and so he started a no-cussing club and invited his friends to join and to start watching their language. 
And two interesting things happened. One, the club caught on and eventually grew to be a nationwide organization with over 30,000 students as members. And number two, McKay started getting hate mail and death threats. In fact, he got over 60,000 angry and threatening emails, some of which were so troubling that they were turned over to the FBI for investigation. And I want you to think about that. People were angry at him. Not because he committed a crime. Not because he used a racial slur or mistreated somebody. They were angry because he took a stand for wholesomeness. Let that roll around in your head for a moment. 60,000 pieces of hate mail because he took a stand for wholesomeness. And if that doesn't tell you where our culture is today, nothing ever will. It is dark out there. And I'm not suggesting today that you should start or join a no-cussing club. But I am challenging you to be different from the world. To control yourself in those moments when an unwholesome thought pops into your head. Don't disrespect God by misusing His name. Don't pollute the air with words. They're going to make people think you're dumb. Don't pollute the air with words that are inconsiderate. Don't pollute the air with words that show irreverence for the Lord God who saved you. Be different. Watch your mouth. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive. Let's stand.